views and opinions of the guest and host you hear on 1010WOLB are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Radio 1, its sponsors, or advertisers. here to support this bill. Where y'all at? Okay. And I also would like to give thanks to all these petitioners, because we actually consulted the people in the neighborhood. We got there, you know, we wanted to know how they felt about what was going on in their communities. Unlike a lot of these agencies, we actually consulted the people in the communities. Okay. And we got almost a thousand names uh, on these uh, petition forms. Some of them are still out. So, and what the petition says is, to, uh, to Mayor Pugh, the Baltimore City Council, Governor Hogan, the Maryland State Legislature, and the U.S. Congress. Yes, I agree that we should, one, end the displacement of people and from their neighborhoods and end the destruction of their communities just to give land and taxpayer subsidies to developers and investors. Two, introduce the 1% interest renovation slash rebuilding loan dollar house, dollar lot program, because the house will be built from the ground up for the individual citizen as a fairest way to ensure funds earmarked for the community are used to help the people who actually live there with training, jobs, and home ownership. Number three, end the destruction of the remaining affordable housing stock in Baltimore, a city with a documented lack of affordable housing. I've seen people walking around the street scared to death. But you know what? If they live in a decent house, that they will eventually have a deed to, they straighten up their back. They have a little bit of pride. If you see those brothers slinging on the corner, if they had a trade, they could know how to go and make a decent living and not have to run from the police. We have a murder rate of almost 300 young people in this city. Suppose somebody gave a tenth of them a job where they could take a paycheck to the bank and cash it for real dollars. And suppose me, a 68-year lady, doesn't have to worry, I got to get out of here before it gets too dark. Do you hear me? Do you understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying is real simple. Help the brother that's trying to help the rest of us. We got his back. And if you play your cards right, we'll have your back. We've got to be the, the, the lightning rod in this nation because every urban city in this country, through conspiracies, find themselves with thousands of abandoned houses don't tell me that's not by design we've got to break out of that genocidal approach to people who want to live and have a right to, to life liberty and the pursuit of happiness let there be no doubt justice delayed is justice denied hello Baltimore and welcome back to another exciting and informative edition of the Call Tyrone Show. And I'm your humble host, Tyrone Boast. Uh, back to um, <clears throat> help you uh, with information that's beneficial to all of us in, in the Baltimore area, all of us. Okay, as usual. <laughs> okay, so uh, right away, um, what we wanna do, I, I want to share something with y'all. And, um, I got it right here. It's about, um, it's an article uh, from Sun Paper, and it's uh, the front page. It's uh, Sunday, October 27th, 2019, and it's, it's about housing, okay? And here, it's, here it goes. It says, old homes got new life, but not everyone is happy. Okay. It didn't take long for Sha Shauna Ferguson to be sold on East uh, uh, Station East. 
The East Baltimore redevelopment, she was told, aimed to put young black professionals like her. And by the way, there's been a um, not even a flight, white flight from Baltimore. There's been a flight of middle class blacks too from Baltimore as well. So and um, and for various and sundry reasons, to put like her into renovated row houses near John Hopkins Hospital without displacing longtime residents, which they did. Sixty <laughs> percent of them want to come back but can't. It was leveraging millions, millions in public and private funds to turn out. That's what we talk about uh, investment. And disinvestment, when you have gentrification, you disinvest both public and private funds from a neighborhood. And uh, with gentrification, you reinvest with both public and private funds, okay? An infusion of cash coming both ways. Okay, so this is basically a gentrification project. And when I see you see it with blacks, it's just as bad as when I see it with whites. It's the, the race of the people is not the issue. It's the same as the development. If a white developer is doing it, um, you know, uh, displacing black people um, at, at the expense, expense of the many, the, the many um, for the gain of the few. Um, I have a problem with that, even if the black, black developer is doing it. That's like saying, um, you know, I'd rather get a beat by a black cop than a white cop. Okay, you're still getting beat. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, it's not, it's not much better who's doing the beating. So, in Baltimore, as you know, has become majority renter since that um, subprime uh, lending crisis that was aimed directly at the black community um, back um, uh, a few years ago. And um, <laughs> so now that created a lot of the blight that we see. And a lot of it was based on on fraudulent uh, things being done and, and borderline illegal things being done. I would call them illegal uh, in regards to uh, uh, selling homes and uh, and uh, refinancing with these uh, tricky loans that they, they had when they were preying on uh, a lot of widows and, you know, Older elderly black widows and stuff, and the water bills and all these other devices they were using to get these blocks vacant so they could tear down the houses and give the land to developers. Okay, and I don't know why Johns Hopkins um, is involved in and determine where black people you know if they can stay in the neighborhood or can't stay in the neighborhood they get to keep the houses or they can't keep the houses. You know, John Hopkins is, <laughs> has uh, a history of uh, using black people for experiments. <laughs> okay. They they ran the Tuskegee experiment, for example, which you can um, you can just Google Tuskegee experiment, and when I'm not talking about the Tuskegee Airmen. <laughs> I'm not talking about they were they were pilots. Okay, the Tuskegee experiment was where they let black men have venereal diseases, and they carried those venereal de- diseases until their deaths, so that Hopkins could study them, okay, and and see how you know this, these uh, uh, the venereal diseases uh, reacted, you know, in their bodies or whatever, and. Um, the only thing that stopped it was a whistleblower. This went on to the 70s, okay? These experiments went on to the 70s. The only thing that stopped it was a whistleblower. Like, you guys are crazy. We're not, I'm not having this. And he, this doctor went and came forward, and, and, and he uh, pretty much um, put the word out that they were experimenting on, on black people without their knowledge. And they were telling these black guys they were getting treatment, and they were getting, you know, getting rid of the black, bad blood and getting good blood and all that stuff. And there's also been medical experiments done in Honduras where they did the same thing, and they were using... Uh, uh, prostitutes on Honduran soldiers to, to affect them in VD, and they were studying them. And uh, these are United States medical experiments. And when they weren't getting affected fast enough by prostitutes, they were started pouring um, this stuff into their eyes, This uh, uh, these STD materials into their eyes. Now, I'm not making this stuff up, okay? <laughs> you can look this stuff up for, you, for yourself if you want. You know, I don't make up stuff I can't back up, and I don't say stuff in public I don't back up. People get the illusion that that's what I'm doing because you never heard it put to you this way. All right. And uh, sometimes, you know, people say that can't be true because nobody ever told me. Nobody's going to tell you because people don't want you to get upset. You'd be worried mad if you knew everything that, you know, you should know. <laughs> and you might want to do something about it. Okay. Other Hopkins employees had already bought into the effort with the help of vacancy value grants from the city. Okay. Live near where you work. And remember, I was talking about on other shows. That's a new trend now. It's called urban walkability. Um, where you live next to where you work and you live, um, you know, uh, near, near where you go to school. And that's the, when you see all these bike lanes, that's a part of that whole uh, scenario. Okay. <sighs> okay. And historic preservation credits from the state. So they got money from the state. They got money from locally. And apparently they got money from uh, uh, private, um, from private entities, primarily around John Hopkins, who, who as a research hospital gets money from the federal government. A lot of their money is uh, donations from the federal government because they are a research hospital. Plus they are uh, tax exempt in the city of Baltimore. They pay no taxes. Okay. We're all young. <laughs> We're all minorities. 
We're all professionals. And it was an opportunity to have a slice of the pie to all the homeowners. Now, let me tell you how much these things cost. Let me just cut to the chase. You know, I mean, <laughs> all this stuff sounds great. But when you, uh, when you get down to the weeds and uh, you look at, you look through this, and one person bought that house for $206,000. Now, I'm talking about a row house, people. <laughs> $206,000. So, and another person bought the house for $231,000. And um, another one bought theirs for $245,000. Two hundred five thousand, and um, yeah, yeah. And they spent eleven million dollars on this stuff. Anyway, um, and what what the homes? And, and you all know that I'm president of Homes Homeownership Opportunity Membership for Economic Success in my other life. And um, we're 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 saying that us as not us, but contractors and bomb minority contractors put a house together. You know, if the house is sold by the city for a dollar, they can put a house together for. Uh, that's one hundred seventy-five thousand, you know, on average. So you're talking about a four hundred fifty dollar a month mortgage. If it's cheaper, if it's a hundred thousand dollars, you're talking about um, a three hundred dollar a month mortgage. Okay, you cannot. Unless they're saying that these type of houses, you probably need a seventy thousand um, dollars a year income to afford these houses or more. So, um, and this is pretty much what we asked them when we were at um, uh, when we were speaking to housing. You know, how much is this stuff? When we level the city, and you start to rebuild. How much is it going to cost the citizen? And they were saying pretty much what I'm seeing, 200000 you know, stuff like that. And that's 250000 things like of that nature. And I said, uh, um, you know, but who's going to live there? Certainly not the people that you're um, displacing. They can't afford to live there. This is the working class people, you know. So, and a lot of them work at Hopkins, you know. So, and in our program, we want people with jobs to have these houses, but we don't want them to have to make a, a gazillion dollars to live there, Okay. And at the same time, we want to train young men in the trades. We want to use local contractors to do this. We want to get up to, uh, um, the, we want to put, a, a, let's say we get 50 houses. We want to put 50 small general minority contractors licensed in each house, okay? And we figure we get a block done in three months, okay? Once we get a technique going. And uh, we can do just as good a job, if, and you will find out why in a minute when I finish reading this story, as these guys can do. I mean, because we, we, um, us as individuals, contractors, we restore these houses anyway. And uh, we're not looking for a profit, you know, because I have to be truth in advertising. I'm a contractor. Um, if if I decide to participate, which I don't have to, because I, I do, my business does well without this, and it will do well without it, um, I could potentially, you know, okay, make okay, I can make money putting in the HVAC systems, but I would only get paid for what I'm doing. There would not be any profit added to the house like a developer. The developer's going to add money to the house, uh, to make a profit margin. He's going to add money. So our program has no money. It's just loans to the citizen, directly to the citizen. And the loans don't come to us. It comes to the citizen. And the citizen selects a contractor. It doesn't have to be us. But the pool is set there. So our pool was there to give them fairness where they can get affordable uh, uh, renovations done on these projects without going some out-of-town big wig with a lot of overhead that's going to overcharge them. So they can choose to use us or not. You know, we, we're generally, you know, majority contractors – uh, a lot of them are generally doing all right, you know, with or without this program. But what we're saying is that you don't have to be tearing down houses and, and ejecting black people out of the city. You can be refurbishing these houses, and at the same time, you can um, uh, put young men to work in the trades, people out there slinging dope, get them, uh, train them in the trades and get them a living wage. And a lot of that goes towards uh, getting people cha- to change their lifestyle, which contributes to the murders in the first place, people. And when you have nothing to lose... <laughs> You don't mind staying on corner slinging dope. I'm not going to stay on corner slinging dope. I got too much to lose. I make too much money out here doing what I do. I'm, I'm a trained. I'm a trained person. I got three master licenses. I'm like, I mean, I got a. Um, I got. I have a bachelor's degree, but I got three master licenses as well. I don't need. I have too much to lose. To, you know, I lose my home, my business, everything. If I get caught slinging dope, I'm not going to do it. You know, even if I was, even though I'm not supposed to doing that anyway, if I was, I, <laughs> I have no reason to. Um. Also, and 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 I, and I told you guys last week about the judge. Uh, I think her name was Pastor Klein, Nicole Pastor Klein. Uh, she's a district court, a district court judge. She's been sentencing people to work training programs that get them to a point where they can make a lot of money. And she has a recidivism rate of six percent compared to sixty eight percent for Maryland. So that when we talk about sixty eight percent recidivism for the state of Maryland, we're talking about for uh, 
you know, people that they're releasing out of every hundred people they're releasing, you know, two thirds of them are going to come back within a matter of years, few years, you know, five years or less. They're going to be back there in jail. In order to do that, they're going to have to do something uh, destructive to their community. So what this judge is doing by finding unique ways to get these people, when she's recruited businesses and all these other things, finding unique ways to get these people trained, trained up to, to uh, make decent a decent living, she's found that she could reduce the recidivism rate to 6%, which is 10 times as less. These things work, and that's what we need to look at. Things that work, people. Not, not stuff that's imaginary, you know. You know, that, that we, we hope it's going to work and all this stuff. We talk about proven stuff. We're not talking about pie in the sky, all these imaginary things that may work or may be more harm than good. We're talking about things that have been proven to work. And, and some of the things as far as uh, crime reduction that, that, that I see, the main things are, number one, opportunities for jobs and training programs to include effective uh, to, to include effective job fairs. We can't have a job fair, people, where they they need 20 nurses. And then you know the people in that damn community ain't trained to be nurses, okay? Let's have a job fair that gets them up to the level of being a nurse, you know, if you're going to do that. Because it's not, that's not an effective job fair. Johns Hopkins can offer all the jobs they want to the community. If you're not qualified to get that job, it's a non-issue. You know, they're just, it's just, um, you know, it's eye candy. You know, that's all you're looking at, something that makes it look like they're doing something about the problem of unemployment. But if you don't have those skills to, to get that job, whatever, stenographer, I mean, whatever, astronaut, okay, I can advertise that all day long. You know, it's paying, astronauts paying, what, uh, $200,000 a year? Okay, great. Try to get you a um, fly a ship to Mars, see if that works. You know, they're not going to let you near that ship because you're not trained. And, and they cost billions and quadrillions of dollars, okay, to go to Mars. They don't have, they don't want you up in space and uh, crash into a satellite and causing billions of dollars of damage. Okay. Okay, paid patrols. I would say paid patrols by the na- by by groups like the Nation of Islam, the Fruit of Islam, and uh, I'm not a Muslim, but I understand the value of groups like the Nation of Islam, and I respect them. And so there's a lot of blacks in the community respect them. As, you know, people that actually turn people's lives around. You know, in, in prisons and, and outside of prisons. And uh, by the way, Malcolm X was a, a, an ex offender. That's proof positive that you can you can turn a man's life around. You know, so. And so was Dr. King, by the way. Dr. King was arrested a couple times, too. So I heard somebody the other day on, on another show. I listen to other shows while I'm driving around doing, doing my errands. And they were saying that, oh, if you smoke marijuana, you smoke, get locked up. You know, and uh, the truth of the matter is, um, yeah, that's true. You, you're supposed to. But if you're if it's 95 percent of people that locking up the black people, something wrong with that. And, um, you know, at one time, sitting, not refusing to go to the back of the bus was against the law. OK. Some certain laws, you know, it may not be altogether just, it's just because it's a law, you know. And one time going to restaurants, certain restaurants, and eating um, in those restaurants was against the law, or and certain and getting housing, you know, in certain areas was against the law. Okay, so those laws are stupid laws that I meant to be followed. Okay, so if if and if you have uh, something like marijuana, which is, oh my God, legal in uh, like twenty two states, right off the top of my head, criminalized at least. You can't be locking up 95% of people you're bringing in, black people, and, and uh, we smoke it at the same rate as white people, and in some cases they smoke it more than we do. That's totally stupidity if you, you think that's fair. You know, yeah, they broke the law, and then you had black people going to jail for 15 years for marijuana possession, still in jail behind. You know, there's 600,000, I mean, there's more people right now in jail for marijuana possession than all the violent crimes combined, all of them. Okay, yeah, we don't want violent crime. That's a different issue, people. We want the, we want the violent defenders off the street. We don't need marijuana. Uh, people just take it off the street and criminalize. And what I mean by criminalize is you wouldn't otherwise be a criminal if they didn't stop you for the stupidity. Criminalize for smoking marijuana when you got people out here killing people. Okay, and you feel the, the, the court system, the jail, the court system causes taxpayers money for somebody ha- having a couple of joints in his pocket. Come on, let's not be stupid. You know, when we're, when we're um, <laughs> we got to be more critical um, uh, in our analysis of things. Otherwise, we're not going to make it. <laughs> we are not going to make it. Um, okay, let me get back to what I get off on a tangent, man. I'm telling you. Okay, so getting back to what I was saying, they ain't been finding problems with these houses. You know, they find leaky roofs with the houses. So it's been shoddy, <laughs> as much as these houses cost, it's been a lot of shoddy uh, work, workmanship. And they've had a problem with these Edgemont builders, is what the company's called. And um, these people have been found out, these black professionals have been found out that these houses are 
you know, not up to snuff, you know. And as I said, I've, I've, you know, the different projects that I've been a part of with black contractors, we haven't been running the people with water pouring down and, you know, from their seals and their roofs and all that. I'm talking licensed ones. A lot of people get, a lot of people get these unlicensed people, crackheads and stuff to do their houses and um, they, they screw up. Okay. And then they think that all black contractors are that way because they try to get off cheap to hire a crackhead. Okay. Now you got what you pay for, but don't blame every black contract because you decided to choose somebody was um, undrained because you're trying to get off cheap. And the black contracts already offer you below um, market rates. I know I do for um, HVAC. Anyway, you're almost getting half of what you would pay to a, um, a white a white contract to do the same day going thing. You know, so so that, that you know the final analysis, um, two hundred thirty thousand dollars is 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 uh, too much. Two hundred forty five thousand dollars is too much. I've been past that neighborhood. I drove past there the other night. Um, it's off of Edgar Street. Um, it's a row of houses. They're very, they're very beautiful row houses. They paint them up nice, and uh, our contractors can do that in the, in the homes organization. <laughs> I don't see anything special about what they did, um, except the fact that they got all those leaks and stuff, and the roofs are the roofs are leaking, and all these complaints by the by the people there. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we can duplicate that. You know, so everybody's ice is not always better than ours. And these people probably we have a lot of out of. Um, well, everybody's eyes is not always as cold as ours or colder than ours. Because we have people from coming out of, from out of town. It's like Philadelphia's coming here to do contracting. Why is that? When we got all this unemployment, all this massive unemployment here. We got to do something about that, too. Okay, so basically that is what was going on with um, uh, with the, um, with the, with the, with the um, contracting in regards to that Henderson's Crossing deal. They had a lot of problems with these houses. They overpriced for one thing, because we were talking about, as we said before, we were talking about affordable housing, home ownership, because in this city, the major problem is that we have more renters than homeowners now after that um, debacle with the uh, subprime scandal that they were targeting black people with. We've come up with, with the more people as renters than homeowners. And that seems to be the only thing they want to produce now, with the exception of this article I just read, is renters, for some strange reason. We want more renters. And we find that, and this is no, this is no, dis, you know, disrespect to renters, but you find that in communities, not been in a lot of communities, uh, putting in HVAC systems and all this. You find that in communities where people own their homes, they tend to be cleaner, they tend to be safer because people have a stake in that community. Okay, so and um, and I'm just saying what I know, just what I know from my uh, um, my experiences, you know, with with. Uh, With you know being in the, in the different communities out Baltimore City. <sighs> All right. Okay, so I'm just looking through my notes right now, and um, what I'm going to do is uh, I had a, um, I had a couple uh, clips I wanted to share with you guys in regards to. Uh, regards to housing um, I don't see the ones that I had let me see if I can bring up my computer um, but at any rate let's bring uh, let's bring Charles up let's bring Charles some callers and uh, see what's going on alright go ahead Charles you on yes how you doing today sir alright sir how's it going alright uh, I hear you talking about contracting, and right. you talk about contracting a lot. I do. So I, I do. I, I'm wondering because have you heard about the Byron Allen lawsuit against Comcast? No, no, I haven't been following that. Well, my, the type of contracting that I'm, I'm in, into uh, Charles is I'm trying to get fairness and reciprocity for the blacks of being thrown out of the city of Baltimore on their, on their butts. Right, okay. right, right. That's what and I'm trying to do. And if it's if it's beyond that, I'm not, you know, beyond well, well, that. Well, check it out. Check it out. Yeah, Understand Byron Allen, his contracting situation is dealing with all of us in fair contracting. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that, too. All fair contracting because it deals with the very first civil rights law. You see? And it deals with fair contracting. So if... He's going to the Supreme Court this this month, and if he wins again, 
in the Supreme Court, that that's going to give us everything that we need to bolster our, our fair contracting, our discrimination, our, our civil rights, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, I mean, well, I hope he gets his day in court, then, if that's the case, because um, I know for a fact that a lot of there, there's a lot of waivers being granted to people, which don't, which allow them to forego their um, minority uh, contract goals in the city of Baltimore. So right. something it, like that. He, he already said that the the first minority when they started all this minority stuff was white women, and the new minority is. The gay man, the gay white. Man. Oh my god! No, no, seriously. <laughs> I mean, he, he's actually putting out what's going on and how it's been going on and how we're going to transcend. You know what, what what can happen if he loses the lawsuit and what can happen if he wins the lawsuit. You see, he said that part of the reason that we can't get traction in civil rights when it comes to discrimination on jobs and contracts and stuff like that is we got to prove the discrimination because it comes down to this 1% of you weren't discriminated means you throw the whole thing out. Well, the law says, no, if there's any appearance of discrimination, you know, 100%, if there's any appearance, 1% appearance, then you are discriminating. See, that, that's reversing everything they've been doing to us. When you go to the EEOC, if they said there's one white, there's one black person that wasn't discriminated against, then everybody else wasn't discriminated against. Well, that gets thrown out because you, your individual discrimination case will have to be taken individually. And they did any discriminating act, then it becomes... You, you were discriminated against. I mean, it flips the whole script. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of doublespeak, and I, I'm using an Orwellian term, when it comes to discrimination. You have white women are considered a minority. But the problem I have with this all this stuff is that blacks are, are, are the exceptional people. In other words, we've been historically and purposely, and it's documented that we've been discriminated in, in housing, employment, contracting, every area of, of, of life. Because, because they're ignoring the first civil rights law, the law of 1866. You told the 14th Amendment. Well, the, yeah. the first civil rights law, right. the, the, the law of mm -hmm. 1866. Right. There were so, several laws passed after the slavery. You know, the first one being the 13th Amendment, which ended slavery. And then you had the 14th Amendment, which gave was supposedly gave us equal rights under the law. And they consider that to be a civil rights amendment. So, and then you have civil rights acts, which are based on the Constitution. And that's what I try to get people to understand. When when Thurgood Marshall was arguing for the Supreme Court, he wasn't arguing whether racism was right, wrong, or white people was mean to us or bad to us. He was arguing whether it was allowed in the Constitution. Okay, that's why it's important for us to understand the Constitution. Mm. And and uh, a lot of people, as of late, they 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 don't understand that you can actually weaken. You might get something you want from things like the Fourth Amendment. But at the same time, you weaken that amendment for something that you don't want later on down the line. You know, so people got to be careful when we start playing around with our rights. And because uh, when you start weakening those rights, you start going down, you know, that slippery slope to where they can take that right from you, you know, in, in different ways and forms. This this case going to, to the Supreme Court is going to be the teeter-totter for everything. So if he wins it, then we all win. If he loses it, we all lose. We all lose. Good point. Good point. Yeah, because what you're saying is it's going to start what's called known as a president, a legal president. Once you start doing something that isn't generally accepted, then you set what's called a legal president. And that means it can be done, you know, and it can, sometimes they'll expand on what they're getting away with. So we got to be very careful when we're setting legal precedents. That's the biggest problem I have with... Um, I'm going to just say it, I in the sky, is that they're setting a legal president with the, with the Fourth Amendment. They're playing games with the Fourth Amendment. But people, yes, I don't want murders in Baltimore. I don't want any, any murders in Baltimore. But if you understand the Constitution, you, the Fourth Amendment gives you protections from unreasonable searches and seizures. And uh, th certain searches have hurt our people and our leaders and everything else. So when, when, you, when you start tampering with that amendment and, and you know, you're weakening it, it may work for that. Yeah, I may want it. I may, want, I may actually want that to happen that, for that. But I realize... What restrains me is I realize that just what you get when you get from that part of it, you may they can use it against you later. And then I'll just have to, you know, just keep my rights and keep moving and try to figure out better ways, more effective ways to, to get what I want, being it if I want to reduce murder. You know. But, but, but go ahead. I, go ahead. I think go ahead, it Charles. all comes down to the main thing is don't be scared. If you don't try something, 
and then you try nothing, and then they continue to get away with they're getting away with. Absolutely. You can't let people get away with taking your rights, number one, because without without your rights, you have you have nothing. Without your freedom, you have nothing, really. And they right. said that what they do is uh, they give certain people, um, like <clears throat> Audix Huxley, he wrote A Brave New World, okay? And uh, he wrote some dystopian novels, like Orwell. And uh, he was interviewed, and he was asked about um, how come regimes like Russia and the Soviet Union, it was Soviet Union at the time, they had just formed, they can have creativity in the midst of totalitarian. And the way he explained it was that as long as you keep some of the people happy, then they'll keep the other people down. You know what I'm saying? So as long as certain people have honorary white people and, and things of that nature, and they have honorary status, and, and, and you have a certain segment of the white population enjoying privileges that everybody else don't enjoy, they'll accept that. Subconsciously, they don't know that they're privileged because they're swimming in racism. But, so, but, that, yeah, but, that, but that's what it was. They don't understand that now they've been stripping America of everything. Right, we right. We and don't it, have any manufacturing. You know, we don't, right. we don't have any. Because it's been sold overseas. Nine. We've been sold out. <laughs> you know, they don't need Americans. We don't have anything. L- listen I mean, to me. They raise listen to me. Buildings. Listen to me. They they don't need um, Americans making twenty, thirty, forty dollars an hour to make cars or, or um, steal when they can go overseas and get somebody to do it for slave wages and not pay them health care. No, no, no. That, that, that's yeah. not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is no, no. no I'm, I'm just saying that's what it is. That's the truth. Third world country on purpose. And the people don't see I agree. That they're being I agree. turned into a third world. Country. I agree. Because um, we got TV and we got the Ravens on, so who cares? <laughs> you know, who cares you need three jobs to survive? Okay, so uh, let's go. All right, Charles. Um, thanks for calling. Let's go to uh, what's Glord? Glord? Yes, it's Glord. How you doing, sir? Okay, sir, go ahead. Go ahead, Glord. Okay. Mr. Glord. Yeah, I um, I retired from Ford. One of my four businesses that I retired from, I was a, a licensed general contractor. Right. Go ahead, sir. And I and I was born in the Sandtown, Winchester, and I'm aware of all these homes that has been, you know, you know, dilapidated because of the rain, the exposure of the weather. Yeah. I had mentioned to the council people that uh, Mary Pat Clark, when she was putting it out there, and I had a chance to buy a dollar home when they first started a while back. And that was a bad word. And then it, it, later on, they came out again, um, you know, th- uh, that you can buy uh, um, uh, flip houses. That's what it was. It, right, that right. Was a bad word. But see, we don't, this is not, what but, let, let, hold on, let me, let me interrupt, because this is important. This is not what we're condoning. We're not condoning people buying houses for a dollar. What we want, because well, the dollars, you know, just give somebody a house for a dollar, that's uh, malpractice. What we're talking about, the dollar is just a gimmick to get people's attention, to grab your thing. What right, is the right. the subsidy is the one percent interest loans that are directly from the state or the city. That is the subsidy. And that is the incentive you need to get people to buy into the city. If you're right, doing whole right. blocks of a time at a time where you have working people buying these houses, you don't have to make a million dollars or whatever, but if you've been living somewhere and you've been paying rent or whatever for um uh nine hundred dollars a month, which is going right in the hood to twelve hundred dollars, fifteen hundred dollars a month, then you qualify for a house with three hundred dollars a month mortgage. Okay? Come on, let's stop let me let's stop playing games. We already know that. You've been paying that rent all the time. You're not going to just all of a sudden go crazy because you're paying $300 mortgage and stop paying the mortgage. You know, so we want low barriers to getting these houses as well. And we want working people in them and we want to do whole blocks at a time. Right, exactly. But my, but my other point is, my other point is, all these homes have mold, asbestos, and right, lead in right. them. And, and my okay, let me stop, all- stop, stop right there. Stop right there. I just read you an article by John Hopkins. Those houses did the same thing, all right? And John Hopkins had a contract to go in there and redo those houses. That would that didn't stop them, so it won't stop black people. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. All we, we can remove all that stuff. Yeah, we have we have uh, mo- we have most specialists in our organization and our lit uh, specialists. That stuff can be abated. Go ahead. It's not a stopping. No, thing. well, yeah, I have a uh, different with that. Yeah. That it can be 100 percent. Right. That's the something. Heat, go ahead. Once the heat, once the heat come on and you breathing that stuff, you know. You, you, no, you're not. You know, no, no, you're not going to be breathing nothing because it ain't going to be there. We have people that can okay, mitigate that. Okay, just like John okay. Hopkins did. Don't think just because they throwing that stuff at you so that you don't want to do it. So that you want these houses torn down. You're being brainwashed. Go ahead. 
Well, as as a as a contractor, when we used to go into a house, right? Go ahead. And you know, you know, contractors always take a shortcut. No, you're not going to take no that, shortcuts on our projects. You're going to wear the proper and that, apparatus. And that is fine. That right. is fine. But what I'm saying is, we as when you buy a house, we can't see between the walls when they put that sheetrock up there, so you don't know what's behind. Yeah, the wall. but every time, listen to me, uh, Lord, um, they're rehabilitating houses even as we speak. Okay. I have a Chinese client. And she does, okay. she's doing, listen to me, she's doing, she's doing like 100 houses. You would tell those are the exact same houses I'm talking about. She, I mean, okay. and, and uh, she, she have lead inspectors come in there and everything else, man. They mitigate that stuff. It's not something that can't be, it's not something that can't okay. be mitigated. Don't think it's impossible because what you're doing is you're engaged in self-defeatist thought. Go ahead. No, no, I'm done. Okay, all right, sir. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, have a good right. one. All right, let's go to Gene. Yeah, hey, hey, Tyrone, it's hard, yes, sir. It? Yeah, it is hard, man. It's hard man. to get black people to understand that we can do I stuff, know. man. I, say, we I can see what Vargas Garvey is going through. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> I want to pick back with you for, you know, thank you for uh, putting your interview with Lou Fields, uh, where you completely turned Lou around 180 degree, degrees in reference to the, your program. Right. And people and have been, Gene, people have been fed so much false information yeah. in regards to restoring houses that, this is off the chain. They, I mean, yeah. we, we believe anything somebody with a wink and a smile tell us. I know. So, you know. So, okay, so you, you gave me permission to put it on, on the website. Right. On, I'm sorry, on my podcast. Okay. And, and it's on anchor.fm uh, for anybody who wants to listen to it. And you can fast forward it, reverse it in slow, and listen to it over and over and over where you explain your program. I, I don't think you could, cl- you could uh, say it any clearer than it is on the podcast. Right. And, that, and, and that's a, it's on anchor, anchor.fm, and it's Africana Magazine News. Right, and, and actually, Gene, um, yeah, you also put on there, and I appreciate it, because I listened to it, because you asked me to, and I, I listened to it, um, which I promised you I would. Um, and you also put on there that the mayor's promised to meet with us. Now, we yeah. met with Mayor Pugh. We have yet to meet with uh, Mayor Jack Young. Right. And it's we something I want to share with y'all, too, um, since you brought it up, about um, some communication we met. We made with the city because we still have a meeting with them later on um, in oh, the great, month. Great, great. So in regards to this, and um, it was, hold on a second, let me see if I can bring it up. It was some. It was hold on a second. Go ahead, keep on, keep going, Gene. Yeah. So I, and you know, and I'm, I just want to say that it uh, we we have this information. You know, it's sad that the uh, the you know places like the Afro isn't behind us. Uh, other uh, Donald right, Glover. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Behind, because they're in that click. Us. Uh, they're in that click. Be the, more news. He comes mm-hmm. on, you know, so we should talk about it. But Lou, like I said, Lou Fields, man, I'm, I so really appreciate uh, his candor and his. Um, I appreciate uh, it too. You know, yeah, you know what I mean. Just being a a, a real uh, reporter because he has he asked yep. hard he some hard questions and he yeah, was he fast with it too. He come fast with him. It yeah. was rapid fire. He yeah, was <laughs> But I was Lou's ready for a, it. And Lou's not a person to play with. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not, you know, I'm not shy when it comes. You want to ask some questions, okay? Yeah. You don't think I'm not prepared to answer. Yeah. So I think that you know people can you can you can go again on you could go and listen to this interview and it will tell you everything that Tyrone has said every time he comes on and what he said today. But you could take your time and listen to it. Let me share you this. Uh, let me share you this. Um, this is this is the last communication we made with the city, and I'm not going to list the official's name, but it, it says Ms. Uh, I'm just leaving blank. I'm sending you these documents, and the documents were, you know, different documents from the homes organization in regards to SOP, request for proposal, all that. In regards to <clears throat> these documents, in case the mayor's office does not have access to them, for more info on other pertinent subject matter, please also contact Councilwoman Mary Pat Clark's office as we have turned all these documents over to them as well as to the prior, the, the prior mayor's office. We're talking about Catherine Pugh. Right. Especially note that the first attachment uh, Dollar House pro- Program for the 21st Century Program Proposal, right. which has major updates to the version we submitted earlier. So we have a proposal that we submitted, too. Right. It says here, when we get a block, we envision putting a small, separate, but quite experienced and licensed general uh-huh. minority contract in each separate home to work with each homeowner similar to the workings of a 203K right. renovation. Oh, excuse me because I'm reading this on my cell phone. Renovation loan, which is what they are all quite used to doing. I know you know what 203K, I saw it on your podcast. Okay, and uh, in this way, we feel we can get it down to three months to do a block, mm-hmm. a short block of houses. Once we begin gutting, because we're going to gut these houses, gut the houses simultaneously. 
in that block. No money will be spent until all the houses on the block are sold for $1. We want to train Baltimore City men, women, men slash women in the building trades and work up to doing several blocks simultaneously as we build our minority contracting base. Okay, we all know that no major developer, no major developer can restore a house or a block for a price anywhere close to as low as a small minority contractor, a small experienced licensed minority contractor, due to all the overhead that they come with. Okay, so we are, we, we're citing that, that they come with a lot of overhead, and, um, and they know it. And so the, these houses end up costing $230,000 and whatnot because of the overhead that these uh, minority contracts, I mean, not these uh, out-of-town contracts come with and these major developers. Nor can they do it better because you heard the stuff I read in the article about the floodings and all that stuff. So right. We do it all the time yeah. and with local people. And this way we will use this vacant housing as an economic engine to provide home ownership opportunities unforeseen opportunities for jobs training and jobs at a living wage, thereby decreasing crime and caused by hopelessness and the nothing to lose mentality of our long forgotten underclass. Right. Okay. And, uh, and it says uh, at no real cost to the taxpayer as all the monies will be paid back at 1% interest. And that's very important because this doesn't really cost anything. It says even local high schools, such as Carver, Mer which I've been to, Mervo, and Douglas, discussing living classrooms, have expressed excitement about the program and its potential for hope and opportunities it provides for its students. Most important, uh, it says, the most important thing about this program and what incentivizes it to certain success is the 1% interest loans from the city or state. Unfortunately, this is the first thing that is discarded when people attempt a reboot of the dollhouse program. So what I'm saying is the first thing they, they get rid of is the 1% interest uh, loans, which is the most important thing on things. Right. We'll make it work. Right. But let me finish. Officials believe they are saving money. You guys keep scrolling this thing on my phone. Officials believe they are saving uh, money when they do this, but they are actually destroying the program as a result. There's no money to save. Everything's being paid back at 1% interest. No one defaulted on the original program because the mortgages were so cheap and the city treasury actually grew. Right. Now, ain't nobody going, you know, people don't default on mortgages because the mortgages are too cheap. They default because they didn't know where they hit. Right. That's people got to understand. And that's why the old program, nobody defaulted. It was, like, it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Yeah. You would have to be an idiot to default on that, you know? So... Okay, the most important thing, okay, well, we got all that. Okay, and okay, you, it says you, you must have excessive, this is my, my letter again, I'm scrolling again. You must have excessive incentive to get massive numbers of people to buy houses in a block in the hood. This program not only provides that incentive while still allowing the city to collect taxes on the property, because they have a lot of other programs where you don't have to pay taxes for a number of years. It would actually bring people back to the city to get in on this once in a lifetime opportunity. You heard about the um, the blacks I was saying, that um, the, the middle class blacks, the flight of middle class blacks, it would bring a lot of them back too. You know what right. I'm saying? So because bring me back. Yeah, because a lot of... Bring me back because <laughs> I, I asked you, and I said, well, use me as a, a guinea pig right. for the program. I want you to... <laughs> there's so many, there's so right. many people like me who, who if, if, well, there's so many people like me who, who have resources but can benefit by the, from this program who, who are willing to put up, uh, you know, right. That's called homestand, yeah. I'll, and you I'll, got, I'll be your first volunteer. Right, and actually, you know, they got white folks living on Greenmount Avenue. We know historically they don't like living around us because they move out. They've been, it's been proven they move out when we move. Let's face it. Let's not. Let's be honest. And you got white folks moving in on on uh, because they've been incentivized to do so. You got to have a massive incentive to get people moved to a block in the hood. The dollhouse programs offers that without while allowing people to pay their taxes. This is what I do routinely. Yeah. yeah. At, the, at my credit union, every time my um, uh, qualification runs out, I pre-qualify again for my, for a mortgage, just to stay you know just to stay on the books and 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 stay credit worthy and all that kind of stuff. But st still, I can't afford basically the houses okay. that are available. Okay. Let me finish, Gene, because I got a couple. I got a couple more calls. Yeah, let, me, ahead, let me get through this. Okay. A, yeah, I appreciate. You, so you must have excessive incentive to get massive numbers of people to buy houses in a block in the hood. This program not only provides that incentive while still 
allowing the city to collect taxes on the property, it would actually bring people back to the city to get in on this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. This will work. Okay, I'm trying to scroll this thing. This will work as long as we don't try our darndest to reinvent the wheel. This is why I attached the history of the dollar house, of the original dollar house program. Which was an unmitigated success. That uh, success we want to duplicate and will. Now, we want to duplicate success and we got to, you know, that's why I attached this history of this dollar house program so they understand how it wor- is working and what made it work. You know, it wasn't magic. It, you know, it incentivized people to buy these houses and uh, nobody faulted. You know, everybody wanted to get ahead of to have actually have a lottery to buy these houses. These are vacant houses that were sitting for months, some years. And the major stumbling block seems to be the sourcing of the, the, the 1% interest loans. Any intelligent person knows just selling these houses for a dollar will never work. It is the 1% interest loans with low barriers to obtaining the loans. That is the subsidy of the of the incentive, not the house for a dollar, which is th- which still real is just a clever attention-grabbing sales gimmick, advertising sales gimmick. Hopefully, the state will step up and source the loans if the city cannot recognize the wisdom and strategic significance of one percent interest loans, not giveaways directly from the citizen from the city of the state, not the banks, who will never do this, and are the culprits primarily responsible for the blight in the city and others and this city and others in the first place with the well-documented subprime predatory lending mortgage scandal directed purposely and exclusively at the black community. Okay. So that's basically what we were saying. And then I close it by saying desperate times require innovative and courageous solutions, not timidity. Let's try one block pilot. And I guarantee the merits of this program will speak loudly and in volumes for itself. The people of Baltimore are definitely worth it. Thank you for your time, and let's seize this opportunity while all the stars are in alignment to make Baltimore beautiful and vital, not just to a select few, but for all. Sincerely, the attorney current retired Tyrone W. Bose, President Holmes, okay? And I left my phone number. Okay, um, let's go to Ernest. I'm sorry, Ernest. I just wanted to get through that. And I'm trying to read off my phone. It's hard to do. Yeah, I want to talk about crime and murder. Okay. It's all right with you. Sure. Go right ahead. John Maturano was the assassin for James Whitey Bozier. He killed 20 people. Okay. Whitey Bozier killed 20 people. Okay. He was, gotcha. he was killed when he went to jail. Mm-hmm. They had a contract up. Of course. Of course. You can't. <laughs> because he was. Cascade Mob on. Justice. Huh? You can't escape mob justice. Yeah. We know that. He um, he snitched on the Italian crime families. He was working with the FBI. He was from, James Whitey Bozier was in an Irish crime family. All they did was kill people. Right. Now, now Salvatore Sammy the Bull Gravano, he, he admitted to killing 20, but people believe that he killed more than 20, all kinds of ways. Uh, he killed more than the Gabino, uh, Gambino family of the Italian Sicilian mob. Now, so we're talking about crime and killings. Every uh, Italian crime family, Colombo, Lucchese, Gambino, Bonanno, right. all those people, in order to be what they call a made man, had to carry out a contract. Absolutely, on, absolutely. On somebody. Okay, gotcha. Now, they well, talk about safety. They say that um, what's the guy that shot the um, guy killed the guy in the crowded police station, surrounded by the police? They killed uh, 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 Ruby Jack, Jack Ruby, <laughs> yeah, the strip club, the strip club owner. Well, he was, he was, he was he, with the he was with the Jewish crime family. Yeah, you know, the Jewish crime family right. was. Uh, Murder Incorporated. Yeah. So, Jack in Chicago and um, Myrlansky of Florida. Right. But I'm, I'm just citing that to say that um, if, if you're surrounded by the police in the police station, if somebody wants you dead, wants you dead, first of all, Kennedy was killed in parade. He was president of the United States. Right. So if somebody wants you dead, you're going to be dead. So the police could not protect you because he was in a police station surrounded by the police. And, uh, you know, uh, 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 guys walked up to him and, and snuffed him out. You know what I'm saying? Rubenstein, 
but they right. called it, cut his name down to Jack Ruby. He was in organized crime. So we need he to. He got the contract, go and he was going to kill him. If he didn't kill him, he had to kill him some way. If he didn't kill him, somebody was going to kill him. Absolutely. Because when they put you out, a lot of these drug gangs are the same way. If they put you, if you got to put in work to, you know, kill somebody, you might know nothing about what, what for, and you don't do it, you're in violation of those rules that may get you killed. Killed. So a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. Killed. Or somebody in your family killed. Yep. Go ahead. So, so when they talk about safe streets and all this, these people, if they're in an organized crime group, they're not paying no attention to safe, safe streets. If they get a contract on somebody, they're going to carry out or somebody and their family going to go, uh, could get killed. Well, obviously, Iris, you have an understanding of murder in the city that a lot of people don't really get. And they, they can't they because they haven't been in that lifestyle. So few black people, so few, few black people are committing murder that they really don't understand what's going on. They don't yeah. understand and what's that, going that's on. That's proof of it. And they, yeah. they can be bamboozled. Mm -hmm. Quite easily. You know, but... You have to make people try to make people understand that they can have all the safe streets they want. All the, if they're in an organized crime family, I don't care if it's Italian, Irish, or black, a chi black <laughs> Chinese, yep. Japanese, the tongue, uh -huh. <laughs> the tongue, tongue. <laughs> if they have a contract on you, they're gonna carry it out if they're in one of these groups. Then you you have people that kill MS thirteen. Uh, uh, different things, uh, domestic uh, and stuff like that. But if you're in an organized crime family, selling drugs or stuff like that. Which is usually how they finance them, so, something illegal like drugs or alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's going to gonna happen. But there's another thing I want to touch on, too, man, if it's all right with you. Yeah, uh, quickly, because I got one more caller that okay. doesn't get off the air. The uh, the sheriff's department. Sure. You, you familiar with the sheriff's department? Go ahead, Ernst. You, okay. That, you're law enforcement. You're, you're retired law enforcement. So I'll let you speak to that. Um, okay. Yeah. This is what they do. Service of writs and execution of summonses, subpoenas, and writs. Right. Of, of I know. Yeah, go ahead. Service of rent orders and evictions. Correct. Executions of arrest warrants. And they all, yeah, exactly. Ex there you executions go. of sheriff's sales. Mm -hmm. Collection of fines and court costs. Right. Transportation of prisoners to places of incarceration. Gotcha. I found Maintaining how. order of the circuit court courtrooms. Custodial charge of prisoners during trial. Custodial charge of jurors during sequestration, of, including transportation to and from overnight accommodations. Execution of domestic violence and peace orders. Criminal patrol and crime suppression details. Traffic enforcement. Now, this is what they have to do. This is the, what they're mandated to do, to go out and answer calls uh, for service to somebody's house. They don't do that. So Leo keeps calling Sheriff Anderson out. Leo, read what they're supposed to do, and maybe you'll get an understanding if, it, if you are really sincere about what they are supposed to do is stop talking crazy. Okay, all right, all right, so I'm gonna have to close on that one because I, you know, Leo is. I'll be honest with you, Leo's a um is a, is a friend of mine, and yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not doubt, team, I'm not I'm not disagreeing with anything you said. I'm not disagreeing with anything you said. All you said was correct, but I would like Leo to have give Leo the opportunity well, yeah, to come he's on if he's, he's listening and, if, yeah, he, he, and defend he calls himself all day. Yeah, okay. like I do. Okay, okay. All right, thanks for calling, sir. Call back next week. All right, let's go to um Al. And then we're probably going to be closing the show pretty soon. Hello? Good morning. Yeah, good, good morning. morning, Al. Good. Listen, I want to uh, paint a different picture. Although your uh, last call I had some insightful information. My last call, dude, what the hell he was talking about? He's a police officer. He's a retired police officer. Go ahead. Yeah, but yeah, but I want to change <laughs> to, I just picked this up. I'm in my car. I'm the CEO of Global Fundraising Group, LLC. Okay. I've been in Baltimore for 33 years. Right, right. I have been pitching that proposal to several mayors, to several what proposal, sir? individuals. What proposal, sir? The one you just read about the housing. Okay, okay. Well, you, you need to join our organization now. <laughs> <laughs> you need to join our organization because we you see the wisdom in it as well as we, you know? Okay. Yeah. And so, so I agree with you. I mean... I came here when Schaefer was mayor, and I used to say, how come they don't sell these houses for dollars? 
train people, get people. Get people to trade. There's so many components of that that helps Baltimore because it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a time, it's a crime reduction program because you're getting people out of that lifestyle. You know, we're going to have outreach groups and mentorship as right. part of the program. And um, right. so you're reducing crime that way because you're giving a man something to lose. And uh, right. you, 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 um, you got incentive for home buying and creating generational wealth. Too, as well. And, and not only and, that, yeah. that you're and creating jobs. jobs. Thank you. Thank some, you. Some of the problems that we're The biggest employer in the neighborhood shouldn't be a drug gang. Okay? And, and I, I, I come <laughs> from Jersey, so I've seen this work. Right. I know it works. You got to tell me. It's just it's getting our um, officials to understand that yeah. those houses yeah, are a gold mine. They're a gold mine. You get your money back. If it's, it's a loan program. You're getting your money yeah. back. You're not just expending yeah. funds like you normally do. To some developers, just throwing money at them. You know, you know the money's coming you, back to the treasury. Not, Go ahead, I'm sorry. You're not educated in the sense of that's how things can operate, that you stay in the dark. Right. And, and so that's what the, the purpose of the show our, is. Our, our community has been in the dark because, unfortunately, we believe we're told. Police, correct, correct. We believe we're told. A, right. So, listen. Uh, hit, um, Without investigating. I'll be more than happy. I heard you mention about. So I tell you what, sir. Call back after the show's off. As soon as the show goes off, call back, leave your number. I like to talk to you. All right. We'll, All right. We will do that. Right. And any uh, other intelligent you. person out there that want to join, do you follow suit? And we want, you know, we yeah. want intelligent people just like the gentleman just spoke. He seems to be very intelligent and knowledgeable about things that yeah, work. Because yeah. we're the solution. For our troubles. Uh, yeah. And this is a, definitely a grassroots pr uh, program. The solution comes from the people. Correct. The politicians Correct. work for the people. We forget that. We forget it. We always forget it. You know, that's the first thing we forget. Well, we think they work for us, but they don't. Yeah. Well, no, they, well, they're supposed to work for us. That's the first thing we forget after the elections are over, is that they work for us. And this is something yeah, that a yeah. thousand people signed a petition for those areas that they want, and they're being ignored right, right. now. Right, right. All right. Listen, and all, all the taxpayers work, are doing, all, listen to me, all the taxpayers are doing is asking for you to loan them their own money back, and they'll pay That's you back their own doing. money. That's all they're That's doing. All they're, yeah. And, and those who are receiving are laughing on the way to the bank. Yep, yep. And they got us convinced that you can't restore the houses and all, all this other stupidity. Don't fall for the, don't fall for the nonsense. Don't fall for the okie-doke yep. people. And John Hobbs is restoring his house and everybody else but us. Great, great. So I'll give you a call back so you get up the air. All right, sir. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right, All right. So, okay, getting back to what we were saying, there are effective ways to reduce crime, you know? And um, and uh, like I said, the most effective ways, and I'll, and I'll sign them again so people understand. And these have been proven in different cities. Proven, proven. Opportunities for jobs training programs to include effective job fairs. Not just jo offering jobs that people aren't trained for in that community. I mean, come on. You know, you can't offer 80 jobs to doctors. <laughs> Nobody in the community. They wouldn't be living there a lot of them. Probably they were doctors. Paid patrols by the Nation of Islam. We found that the Nation of Islam, and we don't want them doing it for free. We want them paid just like police paid. Or get the police out of the community completely because they've shown they have no concern for our community. The Nation of Islam has proven that they are concerned about the community. They've proven that. Not that I'm a Muslim. And I, and I get it. Um, and they've shown in the projects they were able to lower crime and, 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 and uh, violence. In the projects, without weapons. So you got to worry about unarmed black man getting shot. <laughs> effective job. Oh, okay, we already said that. Uh, effective reentry programs. You know, give a man, you better give a man some training a job. We can go back to what he knows when he gets hungry. Um, police on their feet, walking the beat. Okay, not sitting in the car like they're on a dag on safari. Okay, get them out there. Get them involved in community policing. Get to know the community, and um, get rid of these crooked cops. That's another thing, because stats show that seventy percent of crimes that are solved in this country are solved with the cooperation of a citizen. If the citizen does not trust you and think you're gonna go to the criminal, they're not gonna snitch on nobody. If they think you're gonna get them killed, if they think you're working in groups with the criminals, which a lot of them have been proven to do, not all of them, but a lot of them. Get rid of methadone. <laughs> There's more effective ways. Of, of uh, getting people off drugs and having these uh, methadone clinics where you um, the the state becomes a drug dealer. Okay, get rid of that crap. Okay, so I hear the music. So basically, I have some callers, but I can't get to you calls. You have to call back next week. So I, I okay. So um, I thank you all again for tuning in to another exciting and informative edition 
of the Call Tyrone Show. You come back next week, we'll have a good show. I had a bunch of clips I wanted to share with you, but <laughs> but I left them on my desk, the ones that I, I was supposed to bring. Um, so we'll probably talk about that later. We're going to talk about, I think next week we're going to try to talk about racism, okay? So study up. Because we think racism just means that somebody's mean to you. They got to be mean to you to be a racist. That's so untrue. <laughs> or if I, I work with a black guy, I'm not a racist. Or I, one of my friends is a black person, I'm not a racist. Got nothing to do with it. All right? It's a system of injustice that keeps people in their place. That's what it is. We're going to explain that. We have a white person explaining to you. So come back next week. All right? And uh, I thank you again. Go For more information on that program, go to www.baltimore4homes.com. www.baltimore4homes.com. And I uh, thank you for tuning in, and I thank you for your time. W-O-L-B Baltimore and W-E-R-Q-F-M HD3 Baltimore. Brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel.